Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is well for our soul because, because we're on a journey. I mean, not because the journey is at the end, although that would be wonderful, right? But we're on a journey. We're on a journey that's led by our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we need strength for that journey because there will be troubles and hardships and challenges, and the journey may be long. Today, we talk about part of this journey being a step of faith. When I think of a step of faith, I think of a story my mother often tells. Our family was living in Grants Pass, Oregon. That's where I was born and lived for a few years of my life. And we're out at the Rogue River, and I'm told the Rogue River sometimes is, is kind of a swift-moving uh, river. Well, I was on a rock, as the story goes, overlooking the river, and my dad says, Jump in, Carrie! So what does this little kid do? Well, he jumps in. Now, I was too little to remember what happened, but obviously my dad either caught me or pulled me out of the water. Although I was too little to remember the event, I was not too little to trust in my father. Strength for the journey involves a step of faith, which means that we need to trust in Jesus to jump into the waters of life, whatever they may be. Of course, that includes trusting Jesus for the ordinary. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So what's, what's the ordinary here? Where Jesus can be trusted? Well, to feed people on a church picnic. The disciples had learned to trust Jesus for providing their daily needs. But daily bread for perhaps 10,000 people in the isolated picnic grounds on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee? I mean, a little boy trusted Jesus with his lunch. And Jesus multiplied that to feed a multitude. Do we trust Jesus for the ordinary things in life? You know, our daily bread, roof over our house, transportation to get around? And if some of you think, well, come on, Pastor, I, I work pretty hard to uh, earn that money to support my family, and I, I hope you do. But who gives you the ability to work hard and the opportunity to do that? It's none other than, than Jesus, our Savior. Trust him for the ordinary things. After sending his disciples off in a small boat, he dismissed the crowds. He told them to go home. For I knew that they had wanted to make him into a, a bread king. A savior from physical hunger and hard labor that it took in those days to prepare meals. But that's not his primary goal. He was not going to, that's not the kind of king he needed to be. Not hunger. But it was sin that needed to be conquered and destroyed. His aim was not to call people for supper, 
but to call them to repentance and then feed them with his body and his blood as proof that the payment of sins has been taken care of and the assurance of a place at the banquet in heaven. Now that was true for those 10,000 people then and true for us today. Trusting the one inviting means trust for the ordinary. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Jesus sent his disciples off in a boat, and they trusted him to get in that boat and head out. Which they'd probably done many times before that. Some of them seasoned fishermen, but didn't get very far. In the middle of night, in the middle of churning lake, there are more things in danger than their lunch. The question that may have come up to their minds is, why, why if this Jesus, if he knows everything, would he send us out alone, in the dark, in what seemed to be a storm? Well, if they thought that or not, haven't you thought those kinds of thoughts? I mean, Jesus that went up into a, a mountain, one of the hills there to pray, that was the purpose. That's why he sent them off. He wanted to spend time in meditation and prayer with his Heavenly Father. He ended up leaving them alone in a bad situation. And we know that Jesus, you know, after all that he did to be our Savior, he went up too, right? Not to a mountain, but he went up to heaven, seemingly left us alone. In the situations that we find ourselves in sometimes, difficult situations, hard situations, frustrating situations. Well, <clears throat> Jesus always knew where the disciples were. He always cared about them. He had a plan, what he was going to do to help them then and, and now. Okay, that we need to be sure. Because scripture tells us clearly, Jesus cares about you, he loves you, and he's going to take care of you. So sometimes taking that step of faith might mean sitting in the same place for a while. Trusting the one inviting means trust Jesus for the ordinary and also for the extraordinary. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When they found themselves in a seemingly impossible situation, alone, exhausted, and undoubtedly frustrated, Jesus comes to them. Walking on the water. Not in a boat, not walking somehow on this uh, um, sand that he knew was shallow there. Walking the water. Now there is a, a lake some distance, a few miles south of the lake that Jesus walked on, called the Dead Sea. And that Dead Sea has such a high concentration of of salt and minerals, that if you were laying on it, you could not go into the water. But you couldn't stand on it. You know, something about surface area of your feet and surface area of, of, of your body. But Jesus can walk on anything he wants. He can walk on water, and he did that here. 
He can walk to you also. Anytime you are in trouble or in need, he walked to a place that none of us could have walked, and that was to the cross. He walked to Calvary. And he wasn't just facing winds or a rough, stormy sea. He was facing the tornado of God's anger over every sin that you and I and everyone else has committed. Sins that should have drowned us in the sea of hell. Trust Jesus for the extraordinary, for the salvation that he has gained for you, the rescue, the ultimate rescue, paying for your every sin. He lived a perfect life and then gave you and me credit for that. And then he walked and crawled up on that cross, allowed people to nail him there, but allowed God to nail him with our sins. Because of that, right? We love him. We worship him. We praise him. Where, dear friends, then, then trust him. Trust him. Take it a step of faith. Trust Jesus for the extraordinary. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. As soon as the boat reached the other shore, there were people there and they recognized this was Jesus. This is the miracle worker. And the word spread very quickly. And the crowd was there again. The crowd he had, he had dismissed, at least those kinds of people, because they needed him. They were sick and they were hurt and they were injured and they were dying. And yes, Jesus was walking to Calvary, but he had time to stop. Time to heal. In extraordinary ways, yes. Even if it's just touching a piece of his garment. He made it possible for them to be healed. May we trust Jesus for the extraordinary in medical kinds of things also. When we are hurt and injured, suffering, and we go to a hospital, to an emergency ward, and the people, the doctors, the people there, the nurses, they take care of you through medicines and machines and all kinds of things, enable us to live. How marvelous that is. Remember, it is Jesus who makes all this happen. Trust Jesus for the extraordinary. A step of faith, which includes focusing on Jesus. First, recognize him. When the disciples saw him walking on a lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. It's obvious that the last thing the disciples expected was to have Jesus walk to them, walking on that water. To which we can say, Come on, disciples. Has Jesus ever left you in a hopeless, helpless situation? Didn't then. Won't now. Recognize him and his actions. See, he's just as real and present today as he was when he walked on the water by the boat. 
oh, maybe not exactly the same physical presence as he walked here for 30-some for years, but his presence is real, and his power is there. And the Holy Spirit allows us to trust in him, to believe that, and see him, if not with our physical eyes, through our eyes of faith. Confident. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. This is too good to keep to ourselves, guys. Jesus is here. You know what Jesus can do. Let's tell others. May we never tire of telling others who need to know about Jesus, that he is here in his word. A step of faith by focusing on Jesus. Test Jesus in a God-pleasing way. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. This surely seems like a God, an example of testing Jesus in a God-pleasing way. In reply to Jesus making him, them aware that he was there, their Lord and Savior, Peter takes a step of faith. Before he stepped out of the boat, right? He put Jesus to the test. He gave him, gave him a challenge. For if that's true, Jesus, help me to act. How about you and me? What question are we willing to ask Jesus? What are we willing to do? Jesus, if you really exist, if you really are here, if you're really my Lord and Savior, then, and you fill in the blank. Help me to say, lead me to go. That takes a step of faith, right? Putting your life, your words, in the hands of Jesus. Take a step, a step of faith. When and if you do that, listen, <laughs> right? Listen carefully, for he may very well say, come here, go there, here's a spot. Watch for that door opening. Or those, those obstacles tumbling down in front of you, no longer keeping you from taking that step. Okay, yeah, I admit, it, it takes guts sometimes to do that. For David, for Stephen, for you, for me. Jesus stepped up to the cross, right? So that you and I would be able to step out of the boat. What when you do that? Be absolutely careful. You don't lose your focus. But when he, Peter, saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. I mean, when we, like Peter, you know, take that step in faith, headed to do God's will, what do you think is going to happen? You think all the wind and the waves are just going to calm down? And Satan's just going to pack it in and, and uh, let life be heavenly here? 
See, the last thing Satan wants is millions of people, millions of believers stepping out in faith, trusting in Jesus. So he can't keep us in the boat, huddled in fear, expecting to drown there. What will he do? I think he'll send everything in his arsenal to get us to lose our focus, to look someplace else. You know, duck, there's trouble coming. Look out from behind. You can't go there. You know what could happen to you? Sadly, we listen. I mean, we got, we got a sinful nature, a part of us that's afraid all the time. That wouldn't do anything for, for Jesus in, in fear, unless we get a pat on the back for it. But again, we have that Holy Spirit, right? That Holy Spirit who is with us. devil doesn't want us to look to Jesus, right? You'll hear things like, what can he do for you now, right? At a time like this. this right? You'll hear things like, what can he do for you now, right? At a time like this. 